0: this week's edition of the wing addiction podcast as always i'm your host josh and my co-host is my lovely wife leslie
1: hi y'all
0: we have got a great one for you this week we have steve stoltz in camp with us this week Uh, steve's drove in from iowa or actually springfield missouri and been turkey hunting with us for a few days and so we have a great podcast for you today. We're recording this intro actually uh, after the podcast, um, but it, we had a great hunt with Steve and
1: good, good times, good stories.
0: Everything turned out great. So listen to the podcast, some great calling technique tips, uh, and listen see what a, a Yelp's supposed to sound like, what a kiki supposed to sound like. Uh, what a Tree Call is supposed to sound like. But anyways, it's going to be a great podcast. Can't wait for everybody to listen to this one. First of all, we, before we go any further, we want to thank our patron, patron, Patreon patrons. Um, without them, we couldn't do it. They're our biggest sponsor, of course. If you want to check that out, go to patreon.com forward slash Addiction. Give us $5 a month. Get entered into the drawings we have. $10 a month gets you entered a couple times. $20 a month gets you five entries into the drawings. Plus we have some great patron codes for a lot of our sponsors. And speaking of sponsors.
1: Wait a minute though. Whoop. Mention that for the months of April, May and June, we yep. are given all money that comes in through Patreon to the KT project. And, um, KT team. Yes. KT team. Yep. So if you, um, if you want to do something good for a good cause, um, Support the KT team by becoming a patron, and you will still get all the benefits of being a patron, but every bit of the proceeds from that is going to go to the uh, KT team.
0: Do you ever feel like you just got ticks crawling all over you?
1: Yes, today's that day. Oh
0: my gosh, me too. We're sitting here recording this podcast. We've been out in the garden all evening, and I literally, I've done picked one. I was talking to Steve Stoltz on the phone a little while ago, and he was telling me that he got a tick off of him from the last morning we went hunting. And as he was talking about that, I actually had a, a Lone Star tick, the little one with the white dot on it that gives everybody the alpha gal, um, whatever that's called, disease or syndrome or what is it, alpha gal
1: um I I think it's called alpha gal syndrome. I'm not sure yeah, if it's a C-O But whatever. Or, but anyway, it makes you allergic <coughs> to red meat and none of us want that. Yeah, so. and
0: so we've been out in the garden all evening and I I just feel like I've got ticks crawling all over me now since I found that one. But anyways, um yes, become a patron if you want to give to the KT team and that will be greatly appreciated that is uh the KT team of course is the organization that helps disabled hunters they don't have to be disabled veterans uh they're d- any disabled hunter so if you're a disabled hunter would like to get hooked up with the kt team all you got to do is look them up online kt-team.com, or, org, and check them out and they will they will take anybody you don't have to be a who's who or a friend of a who's who if you're a disabled hunter you want to go fishing you want to go hunting you can't Get the mobility to get you there and back in the woods. What they will take care of you, put you on the waiting list. They do all kinds of things year round. So, jump on and help the KT team out. And, like I said, if you want to go, if you're a disabled hunter and you want to get even if you're a disabled non hunter and you want to get into hunting, contact the KT team. They will be glad, they would love to help you out. But, anyways, for our sponsors, we'll make this quick Sport Dog, Sport Dog brand electronics sport dog brand electronics is uh what we use we recommend uh from their tracking systems to their e-collars to their bird launchers sport dog is is awesome dependability uh, durability customer service that check that them really out at sportdog.com that's sportdog.com and
1: cable gangs. um Cable gangs is uh, one of my favorite things we've ever invested in, and it was a minimal monetary investment. If you have hunting dogs and you take your dogs on trips, I mean, any, well, even if you just have dogs, period, this is a great tie-out system. It's a great way to manage and control multiple dogs and be able to feed them and water them when you're out on the road. And, um, in fact, um, Uh, if you uh, if you want an extra drop, if you what what's the code for that? It's WA drop. If WA drop. Yep. If you order a system, say you order a four dog system, if you use the code WA drop when you check out, you have to put the extra drop in your cart though. Mm -hmm. Just saying, you got to put the extra drop in your cart, but you use that code. And it'll, it'll take away the cost of that extra drop. So you can turn a four-dog system into a five-dog system or just have an extra drop on hand. Um, so definitely check them out. That's Cable Gangs with a Z. Um, and they actually have a website now. So that's CableGangs.com. CableGangs.com. Yep. And, uh, and speaking of watering and feeding your dogs, Dakota 283 is a sponsor mm-hmm. of ours. I mean, their kennels are the absolute best. We have had the gnarliest of gnarly dogs and puppies, I promise you. And um, these things, no malfunctioning of any of the mechanical systems with the latching system. No dogs have ever been able to squeeze out of these kennels. And, I mean, we have Houdini's. I literally just went and had to chase down one of our dogs the other day up at the water treatment plant. (laughs) <laughs> because they are Houdini's, but he did not escape from a Dakota 283 kennel. So, um, but they also have the um, the Dine and Dash, mm-hmm. which is what I wanted to mention too. Um, it's a great thing to pair along with the cable gang system whenever you're on the road and you put your dogs out. The Dine and Dash will allow you to store your food and water and be able to easily pass that along down the line to your multiple dogs. So definitely check out Dakota 283. Um, we have a code for D- Dakota 283. It's WA10 it is WA10. Also. That'll get you 10% off. If you become a patron, you will get larger discounts. Yes. Um, so just always remember that. We will give you a discount just for v- for for being a listener, but then they also give you a larger discount if you become a patron. Um, Onyx Hunt, yes.
0: Onyx Hunt is—I mean, it speaks for itself. Yeah, Onyx Hunt. Every single hunter needs Onyx Hunt. If you don't have it, I don't know what you're doing. Get rid of those paper maps. Get rid of all those uh, computer programs. Get Onyx Hunt app on your phone. Just go to Onyx, search in your app store. Onyx hunt that's o-n-x-h-u-n-t and download the app and it from 3d mapping to great topo to crop layers to tree cutting burn layers it's yes it's easy it's it's simple to use it's super simple to use and also um if you want to use our patron or excuse me use our promo code W-A-P-20, that's W-A-P-20, that'll get you 20% off of the Onyx hunt package, I mean it's, it's a great deal, it's, yeah it's a great deal, but you've got to have <coughs> Onyx if you don't, I don't know where, what rock you've been living under, mm-hmm. but uh, like I always say is, no matter where you're going, no matter where you've been, it don't matter because there's always that pin. yes he's
1: going yeah, yeah, that phrase trademark,
0: yeah. I actually said it a little different than I did the last time, but anyways, so check out a Shook, check out actually we haven't oh, even we done Shook.
1: So Shook Dog Food. I mean, honestly, I feel very honored that I think we're one of the first um, podcasts. We are the first, yeah. we are the first podcast to ever um, promote their dog food and that is because um, we actually use the dog food before we spoke with them about a partnership and that's pretty much how we are with all of our products um we don't just go out looking for what someone can do for us we like to support things that we totally believe in and i'm telling you right now y'all all know the talk is big on the internet it's on all the social media platforms people are talking about changing dog foods they're wanting to know what's up and why things are changing with other big name brands that i will not mention and we're here to tell you that this is the dog food that you're going to want to use and so we have the best promo code. I mean, this promo code is unreal.
0: You gotta be a patron to get it. You gotta it, be a
1: patron to get it. Um it's but we big, can get you a hundred dollars off.
0: Yeah, we can get you a hundred dollars off. Become a patron, that's so all you gotta do. Yeah. $100 off your $100 first wholesale shipment, hundred bucks. Um,
1: so a minimum like contribution to us of five dollars is gonna get you all these five dollars up to twenty dollars. We really like, you know. You know, do what you can. But, I mean, if you commit to being a patron, like, you're going to get all those promo codes. You're going to get that $100 off a of Nook Shook. I mean, it pays for itself. And not to mention, we take that money and we do good things with it. Um, So, just consider that. If you're able to give, definitely do that.
0: Yep. So, don't want to go any further. We I got, feel
1: like we're missing something.
0: No, we're probably missing a lot of things. It's We're, we're not re-
1: missing any patrons, are we? No,
0: we're... Missing any page. You about sponsors. I mean, uh, sponsors, no. we're so tired. It's, t- well, t- it's 11 o'clock at this. night, and we're recording an intro from a podcast we recorded two days ago. So, yeah, I was editing the podcast, and she's like, you can't put this out. We've not even recorded an intro yet. And I was like, I know. I just fixed to say that. So, anyways, <laughs> it's late, but we're going to get this thing out. Hey, everybody, I know you'll enjoy. This is part two of Steve Stoltz. Steve Stoltz is world champion turkey collar. He's Mossy Oak Pro Staff. Um good Lord. Drury Outdoors. Drury Outdoors. I don't know why. I just had a brain fart on that one. Uh he was one of the original founders of Drury Outdoors. But uh Drury Outdoors, Mossy Oak, Woodhaven, Apex Ammunition. I mean, he's
1: if you were at the NWTF convention then and you went to the call competitions you mm-hmm. saw him because he emceed the they emceed M the team calling competition. Yeah, the team calling competition. So um uh, just a good dude and just a super exciting, fun person to be around. Mm-hmm. And uh, we even
0: we even actually sat at the bay. He even went to my son's uh, two of my son's baseball games while he was in. Sat at the baseball field with us. And the first night he got there, he it was funny. The first game he he drove in town and got there. The fifth inning of my son's ball game on Tuesday night, and he got to watch us. Uh, we were down seven six in the last inning. We had two outs, the count was three-two, and the batter hit a grand slam, a walk-off grand slam to win the game for us. So he got to yeah. see that on the first night. We've and,
1: never seen anything like that. Yeah, and... I mean it
0: was down to the last pitch, and we were down by one run, and we hit a, uh, a walk-off grand slam to win ten to seven. And then the next night, he got to see my son hit a walk-off uh, to win the next game. So it's He's got to see some good high school baseball he was in. But anyways, we have had a ball. Um, We hang out and just and I don't I
1: don't want to like spoil the 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 talk or anything. But you're gonna want to like listen to like how the whole turkey hunting situation went with them. We were in turkeys all week. I wasn't able to go, but they went together and and it it's it was neat like hearing how things went and talking to them about it. So. I know you're going to want to hear it.
0: Yep. So stick around for this podcast. You'll like it. Like I said, it's part two of Steve Stoltz. That sound you're hearing is that of the Steve Stoltz from Drury Outdoors, Mossy Oak, Apex Ammunition, Woodhaven Game Calls. What's going on, Steve? Uh, I'm
2: down here. After our first podcast doing a doing a spring turkey hunt
0: and we' are live. we're live. We uh, S- Steve came down yeah, he came down this week and hunted a couple of days uh, yesterday today and supposed to uh, leave in the morning, but we're gonna do a quick hunt in the morning. Oh brother Steve killed one this morning.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> that was an exciting hunt. Um, it's been tough. It's been a tough spring all spring. And uh, I'll be honest with you, you got the turkeys down here, but they are hush-mouthed turkeys. They are not wanting to gobble right well, now. Well, they got a They
1: su- are. They
0: got a super glue diet. I think so.
1: <laughs> I have been dying. We haven't had a podcast to talk about turkey hunting yet until now. And I have been waiting for it because I wanted to talk about how awful it's been in terms of like listening to turkeys. I mean, I've gone out... And compared to the past, like, couple years, I can't hear anything. And it upsets me. Because if you've listened to me talk about turkey hunting on this podcast, you've heard me say I'm. I, it's not really about whether I kill one as much as I like the interaction and I like to talk to the turkeys and I like to hear the turkeys. And it's just not been happening. But I did kill one.
0: Yeah, she killed one Saturday. That's another podcast.
1: That's a different podcast. She's been we'll trying talk about later. Slipping on hers, but we're going to talk about Steve right now because he's here. And Steve has been here, and it's I guess maybe it's a late gobbler season over yeah, here I, in it, East Tennessee. I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but I mean I've got an inkling about it because we're on all those different forums on Facebook. Yeah, it, but it has been quiet. It's a season been this pretty hush hush here in East Tennessee. What about
2: Missouri? Same way. Uh, uh Missouri and Iowa, of course, uh, I hunt I've hunted both Missouri and southern Iowa. I'm from Missouri. right I, Of course I've moved to Iowa since uh, here as I near retirement, but I still have a home in St. Louis and uh, I'm not retired yet. Yeah. so uh, But that being said, uh, the whole Midwest has been um, it's what we call late spring, mm-hmm. uh, meaning uh, it stayed it's like the grips of winter wouldn't let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it stayed cold and nasty weather um i'd say the biggest issue this year for all across the country uh and especially the midwest and even the southeast down in this area has been the fact that it's been so late it's pushed so late uh weather-wise uh the you know their breeding cycle is pushed later um a lot of hen nests that had started early were destroyed by weather and or, you know, just ruined. So they the hens have to start rebreeding again and, mm-hmm. and, and lay another clutch of eggs. So it just makes everything later. Uh, uh, coupled with the fact the weather's been horrible throughout the entire country for spring turkey season, I'd say if you put a number on it, two-thirds of the year, two-thirds of the huntable spring turkey hunting days across the nation have been the worst Weather conditions that that you can face for t- spring turkey hunting
0: yeah yeah um, we th- we thought here in the southeast that we were gonna have a great turkey season in february well excuse me but second week of march it got 75 degrees 76 degrees and everybody was thinking oh these turkeys are gonna be fired up early first month of season is just gonna be jam up about three or four days before season open we started you know we had a snow and it just turned off cold <laughs> And the first month and a half of season was just frigid temperature. Well, frigid for the southeast, you know, the highs in the 40s, low 50s. And here in the past couple of weeks, it's finally, you know, warmed up. But like you said, we're still seeing, Steve and I have seen, have we seen hen? We have seen hens with every bird we've looked at this yes. week.
2: Yes, we we've uh, had a, we've had a struggle getting on a goblin bird, but when we've got on a goblin bird, which has been a, several well now three different times, mm-hmm. we've we've set up on goblin turkeys. I think three different
0: three different times in
2: two days, which is a good hunt. We've had a great hunt down here. You um, you've got turkeys, uh, but they're hush mouth, mm-hmm. um, and the gobblers that we have laid eyes on have all had hens with them, yep. which means you know here it is, uh, May the twelfth, and they're still got hens with them and they're still breeding, so they don't have to gobble. Uh, and, and gobblers their whole spring, uh, uh, from when they first start gobbling. And then when the hens actually start breeding them, they're used to sitting on that limb gobbling and hen coming to them, hen yep. comes to them, hen comes to them morning after morning, the hens come to them. They put a visual on these hens and then they'll fly out,
0: pitch right down to pitch
2: them. down and then court them. And then of course, eventually breed them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so you're, when you're calling one off the roost, you're trying to kind of go against mother nature, but. They'll get to where they don't have to gobble because the hens are roosted right with them. So mm-hmm. they, they don't they don't they'll wake up in the morning and just not even have to gobble because they'll start spitting and drumming. You won't hear this because if you're any distance away from them, but they'll start spitting and drumming in the limb, and the, mm-hmm. those those hens will do that little soft tree calling they do, which I'll cover here in this in the calling portion of it. Uh, and and they don't have to gobble. Sometimes mm-hmm. they won't. My dad always told me. That only about forty percent of the of the long beard population out there will gobble.
0: Really? Yeah. To think of that. How think, many how many gobbles mm-hmm. have we heard on the limb the past three days? None. None. Zero. It,
1: it's so different. I mean, they're there, and I mean that was the tough thing for me going out by myself, like for the first time this year, with all by myself. Like I did not hear a bird, but I knew they were there. And that frustrated me so much because like, I literally could drive away from an area and like see them, but they were not talking. It's it's hard. It's
0: hard. It's hard to call turkeys. Not even when you lay eyes on them, it's not talking, you know, like that first bird we saw this morning, you know, he, he gobbled one time, probably an hour after daylight, maybe when we got on that bird. Yep. And he gobbled and answered you. You called to him. He answered and never said another word. Coming in, come in, silent strutting, never said a word.
2: No, and uh, that's the case. So what you have to do is, is uh, if you ever do a lot of fall, any fall turkey hunting, which I have done all my life. Now I don't fall turkey hunt, by the way, as much, uh, especially since we started Drew Outdoors and got mm-hmm. in, especially since we got into hunting and filming big whitetails. But I grew up fall turkey hunting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you have to kind of resort back to fall turkey hunting
0: tactics. Bust them in column, bust
2: them, eat one. A, bust them and call 'em. call That that's a great tactic. Get you know get their hands busted away from them, uh, and then the my most effective tactic is, and it's a very to Leslie's point when you said that you get so frustrated because they're not gobbling and you know they're there. Well, if you know they're there and you have the sign and you. Know for a fact you've heard them gobbling in there earlier in the season, or when you're scouting, or seen them put a visual on them. When you're hunting them and they're not gobbling, but you're in the area where they're, you know they're at, you just got to set up and do a lot of blind calling. Deer hunt mm-hmm. them. You got to deer hunt them. You gotta, you gotta hunt. You, you gotta, you just gotta keep in mind they're there, mm-hmm. they're hearing your call, but they're not responding. Mm-hmm. So you, so what I do is I'll set up and we did this yesterday, yesterday. morning. Uh, we got to an area, no goblin, no goblin, no goblin, and finally we got to an area that was all scratched up with all kinds of fresh turkey sign, and and Josh had said that they're usually here, they're always here. I said, well, let's just set up like one's answering and start calling, and that's what you in your mind you have to pretend more or less like a gobbler is answering you, and you just call every once in a while, just run a call maybe every two three minutes. Little, not real aggressive. Little clucking, little purring, little soft yelping. Maybe do some every once in a while. Do a sequence of some cutting and excited hen yelping. Then go back to the soft stuff. Just paint a picture like there's a hen or two there feeding and looking for a gobbler. And you'd be surprised. Eventually, you may get something to answer. And we did. Mm-hmm. And you know what? What answered first? A hen. A hen. Yep. And and I said, mentioned to Josh. I said. Well, if all this sign and you know gobblers are in here. Now now I've got a hen speaking back and forth to me. She, we're developing a dialogue. And I said to Josh right then, I said, I'll bet there's a gobbler with her. Mm-hmm. I'll bet. And that's how you have to play your cards is you have to just roll the dice. It's the spring, and you just have to basically Go on instinct that there's probably if a hen's answering you, there's probably a gobbler with her. He's just not gobbling. So try and bring her in and possibly that gobbler will follow in. And what happened eventually?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He sounded off. He sounded he, he off. G- he he gave himself up.
2: He gave himself up. Yep. And then game was on. Oh, yeah. He actually gobbled. He was actually one of the better goblin turkeys I've hunted all year. That that turkey oh, probably gobbled. gobbled from I'd say eight o'clock in the morning till almost eleven. Yep. And then wow. what? Then what
1: happened?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then he took a dirt nap. No, no, no. no, no. Yesterday morning. Oh. Yesterday no. morning. Yeah. It, no. Yesterday he got away. Yes.
0: Yeah. That. What? It was funny. We we worked this bird for three, literally, probably two and a half, three hours, and and so we made a move on the bird. The bird wasn't breaking, and so we made a move on the bird. And Steve said, and I was running camera, of course, like I always do, and Steve said. You run the camera, you keep him gobbling. I'm putting a sneak on this bird and I've got it on video. You'll have to go check it out. <clears throat> Every time the turkey would gobble, Steve would, <laughs> it tickled me to death watching him. It was a gobble, Steve would jump three or four feet, bam, 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 take three or four or five steps. And like Steve was saying, you know, normally when a turkey gobbles, he can't, he's, He's not actually, he, he, he's not even looking for anything. He's got his head extended out. That whole head's rattling and he can't see when he gobbles. Well, by gosh, this turkey did. <laughs> we were hunting an old bird. This turkey that we were hunting yesterday is a bird that I actually got the Benelli click on last year. Everybody knows what that is. Um, I had a, a a branch hit the uh, action on the Benelli and break that action open. And, and I clicked on this bird last year. I knew the bird was in there. And so we're hunting a smart bird. This bird, I've got another buddy that hunted the bird last year, and this bird's at least three year old bird. And he's and Steve will tell you, and even Steve told me yesterday where we're hunting him. He said this is a no bird. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And he he caught me. Uh, he I got
2: away with it for a little bit, uh, <laughs> where he gobble and I'd get closer, and he gobble and I get closer. He never knew I was there. And then once I finally got to a certain point, um, and I needed about ten more yards to get him shot. Uh, boy, he gobbled. He was in mid gobble. Josh was was calling, making him gobble. Then I'd scoot up, and then that last <laughs> that last time he made him gobble. And he, that that turkey had his head out in in mid gobble. He was gobbling, saw me mo- saw me make my jump, and took off running and, and and took off flying. It's all on film, by the way. It I mean, is you, all on film. You got the you got him taken off on film.
0: Did you? Oh well, now when we got yeah, I saw the footage. Okay, well, when we got through hunting today, Steve said, uh, uh, "Of course, Steve's edited video for Drury Outdoors for years, and I'm as about as good at editing a video as I am." doing a podcast but uh <laughs> so and that's not much but uh steve said let me have your sd cards or i asked him i said well, you, you want to edit this video he said yeah he said give me your sd cards." so i got the gopro took my sd cards i got the big camera give my sd cards to steve so you i thought that i got the turkey i could see him you know through the viewfinder and i was i was hoping that i got no the video. It's, it's
2: perfect i had to make the jump and you see that turkey take off and, fl- and fly it's it's uh. it, it just just Right, all on the same screen. You got me and that turkey taken off.
0: I told Steve while we was hunting this bird yesterday morning, the way he was acting. I mean, literally, this bird was hung up at one hundred and seventy-five, two hundred yards, and would not make a move toward us. I told Steve, I said, I said, you know, this bird, where Collins got eight-inch spurs and seven beards, don't you? And he started grinning. <laughs> and he's an old bird. He knows what he's doing. He's been fooled with before.
1: What we'll do. When we make a YouTube video, video, we'll just, like, stop it at that point and put across it in bright red letters, BUSTED.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, called bump. <laughs> bump. I
1: mean, we've all been there, right? So,
2: so there's, absolutely, there's a cut and run, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I call it cut and bump.
0: <laughs> cut and bump's what we done yesterday. But, no, it was... We, yes.
2: re- we recovered well today.
0: We did. We recovered well today. We actually moved in and we were hunting on the lake today um i told steve of course we were hunting off the lake yesterday but it was kind of it was a little different situation than today today yesterday we went in and and set up on the bird well we didn't set up on the bird i know where the bird should be roosted to one of two different places he was roosted on place two anyways uh today we basically just jumped in the boat and here we're in in our area not just our area all across the country. You know, you've got, you know, your winter groups of turkeys that'll have... When everybody sees the big groups of turkeys, it's normally in the wintertime. And, you know, when there's 50 or 100 turkeys together it's never turkey season. You never see a hundred turkeys come into you during turkey season. Very rarely, maybe in the Midwest in early season, when it first starts, you still might have the big groups. But when, you know, when season progresses, you know, your turkeys bust up, they show dominance. You know, they start having satellite birds everywhere. They start getting kicked out and, and these little groups, the jakes, you know, will start busting off. But anyways, we've got where we're the area we're hunting. We've got three or four, probably four big flocks of, uh, of, of winter groups of turkeys that when they bust up, you know, they just hit the little ridges. You know, one turkey can only cover so much ground. So a lot of the a lot of the area that I hunt has, you know, has has got birds on it. So we today we got in the boat uh, just like we did yesterday morning. But today we basically we located from the boat and um, Steve, of course, he was he was hooting, uh, he was crow calling. And for what forty five until about forty five minutes after daylight, we still didn't hear a bird.
2: I'd say maybe longer because it was a heavy fog
0: down yes, on the was. lake, yep, yep. and I think that
2: fog kind of kept them shut down as well. But I'd say it was an hour hour and a half uh, of daylight before we ever heard a first call.
0: I, I bet you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and finally, I I told Steve, I said, <clears throat> we you know basically we was just drifting in the main. I'm not going to say drift. We were floating in the main channel of the river, and um i told steve i said let's just i've got about three four places that i want to go check this morning and so the first place we actually got out and and and, and tried to locate um we actually act no no let me back up we actually heard this bird sitting in the middle of the river yeah so the first first one we heard gobble is this first one we got on yeah that's right we heard this bird sitting in the middle of the river and and we was probably what was we a half a mile we heard him gobble yep. first yes sir probably yep. half a mile from him and i told steve i said he's around this corner somewhere down so we, anyways we moved the boat and uh idled down the river just a little bit and and shut the boat off and and i think he was answering a crow or something wasn't he
2: uh believe so uh but then when we got when we you knew about where when we finally heard him gobble again yeah i knew where he was once he and, gobbled. and he answered the crow then yeah but so josh had him then zeroed in and that's all we needed and then we we went and uh, uh of course beached the boat and uh tied the boat off and got on dry ground and, uh, went a little ways away from the boat. And I, I called mm-hmm. and he answered right away. Yeah. So it sounded like he was ready to work. And of course we, uh, got maneuvered around mm-hmm. above, uh, tried to do the classic where you try and get around either, either even with them or above them, which we did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then as we were doing that maneuver, I spotted two hens.
0: Yes. Yeah. He said I was behind him and, a, and I never hunt with a decoy, but he's got the trophy Tom AVNX trophy Tom. Yes, I, I hardly hunt without it anymore. When he walks, he's got that fan in his hand at all times. He said, "Well, it, it depends
2: on if it's uh, open situations, yeah, safe. Correct. You know, obviously in like public land things like that, I won't do that." But go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and he had the uh, um, the trophy Tom tail in front of him, and he said, "Stop." He's like, hold on a second. He said, we just got busted. And I was like, oh, great. We, you know, we've, we've waited for an hour and a half this morning and we just got busted. So he pulls up his binoculars. I'm behind him running the camera. He pulls up his binoculars and he said, you know what? I don't think they saw us. He said, they went to the left. He said, he said, it's two jakes chasing each other. He said, they went to the left. They went to the right. Now they're going back to the left. He said, they didn't see us. And he, once he got through looking at, looking into his binoculars, he saw it was two hens. He realized it was two hens. And then. And they weren't spooked. And they weren't spooked. And a lot of times, well, you know, when you got hens between you and a gobbler, it's never good news. No. But we we was hoping that the the hens fed off. But, anyways, uh, I think the bird answered us one more time. Did he answer us one more time after that?
2: He did. That's why I knew we didn't bump him.
0: Yep. 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 He answered us one more time. And then we got set up on the bird, and the hens, they, we saw them. They started
2: coming right for us. Right for us. And we thought. This gobbler is gonna walk right into our lap, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out.
0: No, nope, it didn't. He he came down the hill, and I think what happened, and I think Steve agreed with me, is he had a he caught a visual of his hens. He knew where those hens was. Yep. He did, he had no reason to come on down the hill.
2: No, no, no. He. I believe those two hens, when he stepped out in that open, and saw those two hens. They become us. Yep. They they became the hens that he was coming to yep and as soon as he saw him he didn't have to go any further he mm-hmm. had live hens and those hens were 100 125 yards still from us mm-hmm. and they didn't come into us yep. so then the gobbler didn't either yep he, so
0: yeah well he he strutted he never he never made a sound but he came running down that hill until he saw those hens he was on a beeline straight toward us running down this log road he was, he blowed up two or three it, times in full strut, but never made a sound. It was definitely a situation where the live decoys didn't work well
2: at all. Live decoys hurt if, us. If, if, if we, if those hens had not been out there, I think we'd have got that turkey. There's no question.
0: But- and, and so we, and that, that turkey played out. Uh, it turns out we were working the bird and he was still, we had a visual on the bird, but then for just, it's just one of those times that you, the luck don't go your way. We, we hear some heavy equipment crank up and yep. some guys talking and off in a distance, which was probably a half a mile from where we was. But, uh, the, the birds just basically shut down at that point. I
2: think they were move uh, that was, uh, doing some log and they, they didn't log in the area, but I think they moved a bunch of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. They moved a
0: bunch there. of equipment. So anyways, the first bird was an experience. We, we, you know, that was the first bird we worked this morning. We got, uh, it got our adrenaline going. We, it, we was excited. And, and so that, uh, that basically uh, we were ready to find another bird. So we moved to another place, didn't find anything. And I told Steve, I said, Steve, I got a place I'm going to take you. Right. I said, we're going to go right here. I said, uh, if we get an answer, we're going to kill a bird. And we pulled the boat up on the bank. And and now I don't know if Steve caught this or not, but when I'm, I hunt a lot out of the boat in this area my whole life. When you hunt out of the boat on the water, whether you're blowing an alcohol, a crow call, or even calling, you know, a turkey with a diaphragm, whatever turkey call you're using, when you're sitting in the middle of the river, the sounds don't sound natural. They have a huge echo to them. And I learned this duck hunting years and years and years ago that I've never heard, and a lot of people don't realize this, but animals' voices do not echo. No. They no. don't echo. And so I learned years ago hunting turkeys from a boat don't ever locate in the middle of the river because your voice echoes or the sound you're making echoes and it don't sound natural. So we was out this morning and I told him, I said, let me pull up on this bank right here. And so we can locate, you know, and walk away from the boat a little bit and walk away from the boat a little bit. Yeah. I said, I don't like being around water when I call or try to locate a turkey because it just don't sound natural. But anyways, so I said, we pull up on this last place and I said, if there's a bird answers here, we're going to kill a turkey. And of course, you know, he, Steve's probably sitting here thinking, you know, I hope so. So anyways, we get out on the boat and we walk about, I told Steve, I said, let's walk up in here about 30 or 40 yards. We walked up about 30 or 40 yards. And of course I got the video camera in my hand. I said, okay, hit him, hit him, Steve. I mean, when you got a world champion with you, what are you going to do? You're going to leave your turkey collars in your vest, which is what <laughs> I done. And so I told Steve, I said, uh, I said, I said, try him a lick right here and see if we get any response and go ahead and tell him what happened. Well, I,
2: I, 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 I... I, whenever I want to try and locate with Turkey sound, um, first off, I'm surprised I didn't crow call or out, but I didn't, it was getting up pretty late in the morning. And so, uh, he, Josh seemed pretty sure there might be a gobbler in this, this kind of a smaller patch of timber, uh, where we were. And, uh, my thought was just go ahead and do some little soft cutting and, 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 and kind of, kind of. Not, not real loud, aggressive yelping. It's kind of a softer call. Um, and when I try and locate, I'll usually always start off soft just in case there's a gobbler right close. Because you don't want to just blast them with this loud sound and they be you know 75 yards away and mm-hmm. just totally lock them up if there is a turkey right close. So I always start off soft. And so I did some soft clucking and yelping. And man, he cut me off. Mm-hmm. He just and, uh, you know, we were like, okay, so then now it's, uh, we're in a spot where we can't, we're not going to be able to work them. When you, when you strike a Turkey, you have to look at where setup is so important and you have to look at and think to yourself and just, it's, it should be natural instinct for you as a hunter to think, would a Turkey come to this spot? And if you, the answer is no, if your thought is I can't see that good. Right here, it's too thick. Uh, uh, there's just no way I'll be able to see anything if it if he if he does come in. I do not know what just happened.
0: We just had. We are sitting actually in a in in Steve's cabin right now, and the lights actually just went out in the cabin. So let me click on a light here. Sorry about that. We got a little had a little technical difficulties. We actually lost power to the campground here where Brother Steve was saying. So we're we're recording a podcast in the dark. I guess that's kind of a uh, a first time. It's a new angle. Yes, it's a new angle. New angle. <laughs> All so, right. Well,
2: we we left off basically. Uh, we struck Turkey. Uh, he answered, and uh, I think a lot has to be said with the fact, Josh, that you knew where your birds were. You knew. The lay of the land. You knew that that turkey was basically between the lake and and uh, uh, kind of a field or where maybe some houses were or wherever, and uh, that turkey might come easier easier from that direction than from where other people maybe have been hunting that turkey earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the, the what we were hunting was basically a peninsula, and yeah, that that turkeys used to see. We're hunting public land and everybody knows how much pressure turkeys get on public land and the people that's that's i've as a matter of fact i'm i'm going to go ahead and give give up uh, a, a few of my buddies have hunted that turkey this year and said man you we just cannot kill that turkey you go in there and he just goes silent you can hear him you know gobble a little bit earlier in the year when they were gobbling on roost they said you'd hear him gobble on roost and you walk in there and he just goes silent and so i told steve i said you know i that was when we was coming up the lake. I said we're gonna go in here and try this bird, but we're gonna attack him at a different angle, and that's what Steve was talking about. We went in from the lake, and th- the bird just wasn't used to that. I mean, he's he's not had you know ten people come in from the road on him, and yeah, and and when Steve struck him up, you know, you you can tell him what happened from there.
2: Well, uh, we 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 had to get away from where I first struck him from, and and uh, and so we did. We we probably went about. At 50 75 yards, not very far, mm-hmm. got across this old road bed. We knew we needed to get across that road bed and up because it, it the, the 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 terrain kind of went up above the road bed. So we needed to get up kind of up up on the next little flat, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, we did. And without him seeing us, and of course cover's pretty thick right now, so yep. we, we didn't have problem uh, moving there to that spot. Got set up once again. Set up is huge and so we picked a spot that you could see nice. And we knew that Turkey probably, if he came would, would feel comfortable coming to that spot. Um, and set up Josh, was against uh, one tree filming and I was against the other. And, um, uh, one thing I, I got to mention here, he answered me a couple times and then he kind of shut up for a while. Well, he probably was coming, mm-hmm. but, uh, since he shut up for a while, I went ahead and kind of hit him with a little more aggressive cutting and yelping, and he never answered. And I thought, "Uh oh, <laughs> this turkey, you know, here we go again." But so then my standard uh, reaction when they don't hit, uh, they don't gobble at a very aggressive, loud calling, then I'll back it back off. And I backed it back off, did some soft clucking and 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 uh, real soft yelping, and buddy, he cut it off and then he was probably a hundred yards closer yeah he wow. cut the distance in half yeah, yeah 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 so it was it was on then it, it was game on and uh, you know next thing you know he worked his way in. i uh, all's i did from that point and i didn't call much i maybe uh, it's all on film you'll see it on the on on the uh your youtube channel is that correct yep mm-hmm. yep yeah, wing addiction you mm-hmm. youtube channel you'll see this hunt and basically i called a few more times just Soft clucking and purring and soft yelping. He might have gobbled once or twice in that period, but um, mainly he he then, you know, kind of was looking for us. And I didn't see him. I was kind of almost pointed a little bit of the wrong direction. Josh says, "I see him. He's coming." I said, "Is it?" And this is what happens when you're 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 in the heat of the moment. I said, "Is he is he the direction my gun barrel's pointed?" And Josh says, "Yeah. Well, my gun barrel was." Not it wasn't pointing the way he was coming. I I, don't, I I'm thinking you didn't hear what I asked
0: no, you. No, no, you 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 must not have heard me. You asked me. You said, "Is he? Is he? Is he? Am I pointing in the right direction?" I said, "No, move your gun barrel to the right." You didn't hear. I that? didn't hear that. No, yeah, no. yeah. I said, "No, no move your gun barrel to the right, yeah. like four inches." I matter of fact, I said, "Move your gun barrel to the right four inches." Yeah. No, And which four inches, you know, over 30 yards is going to be 30, 40 feet, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. So he didn't hear that. But yeah, I told you, I said, no. I said, move your gun barrel to the right 40. I picked the bird up at probably 35 yards out. Or further, yeah. Or further 40. It was thick where we were hunting. It was very thick. But uh, I knew that was the only shot that we had to get him killed because everything else was too open between us and him to go to. I didn't want to move on toward the turkey because knowing the terrain, if you and steve never actually has even saw this today but if you would have moved where probably where i first picked the turkey up it was wide open hardwoods and i didn't want to go over there i wanted him to come into that thick stuff looking for us and so i told steve i said uh, i picked him up probably 35 40 yards and i said i see him and uh he said am i pointed toward him i said no move your gun barrel four inches to the right and so apparently he didn't hear me but uh
2: no go ahead well uh Nevertheless, my gun barrel was pointed a little bit wrong direction. didn't make any difference. I've I, 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 been around long enough to know kind of when to move my gun, when not to. Uh, and so he was working his way right to us. And um, as he worked, I just eased my gun, didn't get in any hurry. And when his head went behind bigger trees, then I made a little bit more of a move. Uh, only took a couple little moves, and then I was on them, and mm-hmm. the rest is history. I asked, I wanted, it. Uh, poor Josh has been carrying a camera around for the last two <laughs> days uh, trying to film me, and uh, I wanted to make sure the film was good and that I had the shot as well.
1: You're a better human than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie
0: just shoots and said, hey, did you get that on film? I'm tired of waiting
1: on Josh to get his camera right. I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson last year. I'm shooting. Well, camera can
2: wait. It's tough to get an in timber kill like that, and uh, there's not a lot of pre roll of the turkey because you know, again, it's a typical in timber. I call it an in timber film kill.
0: Yeah, it's a running gun, huh? It's a running and and gun hunt. Timber, yep. And uh,
2: man, I'm glad it
1: happened. Oh man, so <laughs> I,
2: I, I uh, of course, put the, uh, the the bead on them and 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 uh, let the apex do its job apex just absolutely just tore him
0: up it I was mean, funny steve said tell me when you're ready for me to shoot and i said dude i've been on him the whole time i said shoot him yeah and he he she, what 18 yards i think we. i'd said, say about, about 18
2: yards yeah. yeah i shot him in yeah. and that uh like i said i shoot uh apex tss uh if, if you've never shot tungsten uh steel shot uh, tss Oh. Um, especially Apex, it's just amazing. Game changer.
1: It's
0: a game changer. It really TSS. is. TSS.
1: That's why after it's... I shot my turkey, I said thank you,
0: TSS. Yes. Yeah, she sh- yeah, I heard the turkey she shot a couple weeks I ago. That's, or last week, yes. Yeah, first thing she said, she said thank you, TSS. But you know, we Steve, the bird you had yesterday, the the one we was on, the one that you probably tried to put the sneak on that never would break on us yesterday. Steve actually told me he said I could have shot the bird. He said, but, uh, you know, it would have been a 60-yard shot. And that and apex nines would have killed him. Yeah. But Steve, being the ethical guy, the ethical hunter he is, he mm-hmm. said, I wanted to get another 10 yards on him. Yeah. You know, to make a good, you know, 45, I appreciate 48. appreciate that. Yeah, you and know? make a good 45, 48-yard I mean, clean like, shot.
1: I I want to make sure, that's how I am too. Like, I want to make sure, like, it's a definite thing. Like, I have enough trust in myself, enough faith in myself that I can make that determination of when my good kill shot is and absolutely you know i don't ever want to be in that position where i feel like i'm going to take a chance like that because to me it's not that important no you know no not it's at all not. no no and um and i haven't been in that position yet i won't put myself in that position And I'm glad that you think that way as well, because I really don't think that it's necessary.
2: Uh, Absolutely. What the hunter, you as a turkey hunter, have a responsibility for the game you're hunting, Mm -hmm. uh, or any hunter, any uh, game you're hunting, whether you're hunting deer, turkey, elk, whatever. uh, You have that responsibility. And and that responsibility, you should ask yourself one question. Are you far sure? Can you far sure? Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, kill that animal. And if the answer's maybe or no, then it's time to wait. Yeah, yeah
1: and if, absolutely. And if the
2: and if that game beats you that day, so what?
1: That's why it's called hunting. That's why it's called hunting. They killing. get the fair chance just like we do. That's right. And when you don't have it, you don't have it, and you don't take it. And, I, it. and I and it's and it sucks sometimes. I mean, not all the time. Sometimes you walk away from it and you go, "Hey, that was all right," but sometimes you're going to have to make that decision where you're like, "I." I'm not going to do this because I don't feel confident enough to do it based on the conditions Absolutely. and what's happening. And that's okay. But I that's think you what's bring up a,
2: a good point, Leslie, in that um, spring turkey hunting is especially one of those uh, hunts. And I'd say maybe elk as well, if you ever get an elk hunting. But spring turkey hunting, most of y'all listening to this can relate to this. It's one of the only uh, type of hunts where. That that turkey can beat you that day, but you still are excited about the hunt.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You yep. come
2: home without a turkey, but you have a hunt like that where you were so close to to getting the bird but and didn't, It's you're still pumped up about it. You're not disappointed that you didn't get the turkey.
1: No, and if you have the luxury of the next day or the day after that, you learned something from that. Yes. Just like that turkey did. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Um, there's been many times that in turkey hunting that we've gone out and we haven't gotten the kill based on the conditions or, or whatever happened, but then we learned from it Absolutely. and we understood what was going on and we knew when we went back out that we could make those adjustments and do those things that we needed to do in order to make the make the kill happen. And so, I mean, you learn.
2: You learn, In and those it,
1: times you don't kill, you learn.
2: If you think back, um, what what made that f- for turkey hunting would be a great example. What what made that turkey win that day and you lose, and you use those tactics against him the next day? Yep. Mm-hmm. Or or down the road, or next time you hunt, even if it's a different area, different turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, you gain that, that knowledge that you set yourself up for success later. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And, and speaking of, speaking of that, you know, we're going tomorrow morning back after the turkey we hunted yesterday morning. Yes. And we're going to take what we learned yesterday morning from that turkey. We know what he wants to do. We know where he wants to be. And we're going to adjust. We're going to go in from a totally different angle. We're going to do a 180 on the bird. Yesterday, we come in from the south side. Tomorrow, we're going to come in from the north side on this bird. The bird, Steve, as you know as well as I do, as long as, as we've both hunted, of course, you've hunted a little longer than I have probably, but the turkey may act totally – the turkey might walk right up in our laps tomorrow. You don't know. Yeah, it's Just because it. you came in from a different angle. Different way, yep.
1: You take what you've gathered, knowledge-wise, and you make a plan. Yep. And when you take – for me – i feel much better when i've gone out a few times and been unsuccessful and i've gathered knowledge and then i have a plan and i go back out and those are the times i get super excited and honestly those are the times when like success happens i mean it is a game we're playing here how many
0: big white tails have you killed steve the first day you hunted them uh, zero. Zero. It, it, it's, it's just like turkey hunting. You, you, you pattern that deer. Yep. You say whether you're hunting him, hunting him or just scouting him, watch the trail cam, you know, footage very rarely. The first time do you lay eyes on Buck, you kill him. You normally, the deer you killed, you have either hunted multiple days and saw his pattern and you've changed stands, you changed travel routes, corridors or something. And you know, you've took what you've learned and I'm not going to say it's necessarily a mistake. You just wasn't in the right place at the right time, but you take what you learn and you, and you make it happen the next time you're hunting. Absolutely.
2: Well, let's talk about, um, we're, we're here to do part two of this, uh, and get into the turkey calling and vocabulary. And, uh, we're, we're kind of running out of time. So let's dive right into it. Let's let's go.
0: It's, it's almost 11 o'clock at night and we're getting up at four in the morning. So we're, we're running short on time again, like all week. So Steve, um, Let's hear a little bit of what you done this morning on the turkey you killed. You 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 told everybody, you know, you didn't hit him hard. You just you went in and it wasn't a tree yelp or or nothing like that, but it was some light cutting and uh, and some and some soft pears. Give us a little demonstration of basically how you located that turkey so, today.
2: So what I what I did is I just backed off the air on a call, which I use a modified cutter by Woodhaven, and it's a lighter stretch call, so you can put hardly any air to it and get really pretty soft sounds. So uh, this is more or less what I was doing. And, And he seemed to, as opposed to now, here's what I would call more aggressive yelping. that's a pretty call but he wasn't answering that when i backed off and did the that's when he answered Mm -hmm. and that's when Mm -hmm. and then i would mix it in with some soft feed talk like that uh again he, he he loved that that's what
0: and it's me. amazing how far turkeys can hear just that soft feed talk you don't have to have a turkey 25 yards that that turkey was 150 175 yards when we first struck him and he was he was cutting you off when you was just doing that little yep beep, 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 beep. they can hear it forever yep yep and 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 so now you've heard a little of the of the soft basically how you locate that. Let let's uh, let's you 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 do routines basically when you when you call at at a calling competition, they do routines. Uh, You'll do anything from a a kiki, uh, a yelp. uh, uh, It's actually a series of calls, but but they want you to basically they put you in scenarios where you try to exhibit all of your calling Mm -hmm. expertise in one basically uh, uh, basic call sequence or scenario basically, and. Maybe I should do one of those. Let's do it. Like, Let's...
2: A, like a spring wake-up uh, scenario where a, a hen wakes up in a limb and then flies down and then starts to talk and, uh, you know, do some soft feed and clucking a pern and then eventually uh, goes to a little more aggressive yelping.
0: So at the Grand National Calling Competition, it was caller number 22, Steve Stoltz, <laughs> from such and such Iowa. Your, your scenario is a small flock of turkeys on a ridge in the southeast on the limb, st- caller number 22, you may start calling. <laughs> So, so, so we got every, uh, yeah, we got, yeah, I wish y'all could see this. I'm
1: about to walk outside and there's going to be like 20 gobblers and I won't even have a gun <laughs> and so, I won't know what to do. So
0: what you heard Steve there is everything from, I heard a tree yelp. I heard, and and, and tell everybody Gosh. out of all those calls you just done, Steve, what was the hardest for you to learn? I know this answer before I even ask you, what was the hardest call you just made to learn? And it's going to be the most simple. I can tell you what it is right now. The little whistles and the little peeps are the hardest call out of all those calls. Absolutely. To learn to make easy, is that correct?
2: Yeah. yeah. So I call it like I call it ki yelps, and and what it is is you're 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 basically uh, uh, don't overthink it. Um, you, you basically get a high pitch like like your ki ki. point you you up with it
0: so i'm I'm. the little they call them raindrops yes did a little raindrops let me hear some rain that's one of the hardest calls would you agree that's one of the hardest calls to learn to master
1: To be a novice, because that's what I am, to hear Steve do that, you know what it makes me think? It makes me sit here and wonder how many times i've heard turkeys make those that sounds you never and realize. i didn't even know what i was hearing yeah sure and how many times i've heard turkeys that i didn't know i heard turkeys yeah because i like i said i'm a novice and like this is fairly new to me but to like hear that it sounds so incredibly natural and I can't believe a person is making that sound, you know, but I know I've heard it, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I know I've heard that. Like, I know I've heard that, but I didn't know what it was when I heard it.
2: So another example of that, that they'll, in a competition is they'll ask for like a, uh, this is a grand national final championship. So at most regular contests uh, throughout this, the country, uh, they'll just ask for call to call to call. The Grand Nationals in the finals, they have a uh, uh, in the in the Super Bowl turkey calling. Uh, you know the best of the best that they'll give you a, kind of a, a scenario, scenario, which I just did like a spring wake up scenario. Mm-hmm. Another one they'll ask for a lot of times is a a, a fall flock scenario. Mm-hmm. Where, yep,
0: where, and uh, that's what they asked for this year at the Grand Nationals.
2: Yeah, they asked for the spring one and and the fall. The yeah, fall, they, yeah, they'll, they'll always ask for two of them. Yeah, yeah, wow. mm. and then essentially. It's a you know, you got <clears throat> you got compulsory calls you have to hit in a false scenario, you have to hit the Kiki key key run, you have to hit the gobbler yelping, you have to hit fighting purr, and you have to do old hen assembly. So trying to do it all in one call would be something like this.
0: Gobbler yelp. Kiki Red.
2: Fall scenario.
0: So now let me ask you a question, Steve. That that that's that's sweet. But you think you can call good? Do you sit in front of somebody like this? So when you are doing your call sequences or your scenarios, are you are you picturing yourself being there, listening to a life lock attorney? When you do your call sequence, do you practice the same sequence for each scenario, or are you just picturing each time? Your own stage, being there and trying to mimic as you do, you make this up as you go, basically, or are you practicing this sequence before you hit the stage?
2: Well, that's a good question because the Grand National Final Championships, um, there's no, there's never a guarantee you're going to make the the cut. Uh, The last two, two of the last four finals I've been in, the last uh, this last year I was not in the finals. I missed a cut by. Oh, probably four or five points or more, maybe six points. But um, that's the tough part is, is is putting together a scenario like that once you make the cut because all year you've not been competing that way. You've been going to contests and calling, call to call to call. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I definitely try and pick out calls. If nothing else, I try and pick out my strongest calls, both like with the cut, cluck, and purr. Mm-hmm. Fighting purr. I didn't do a very strong fighting pur, there, but it was fighting purr. Um, uh, I tried to do everything with basically one call, which is tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, most of the time, I'll switch between two, three, four different calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and most callers do because mm-hmm. there's certain calls. You know, cluck and purr is a great example. I mean, I can yelp great on this call, but here's a cluck and purr with it. And that's pretty enough for hunting, but here's a cluck and purr on my competition call
0: see the difference uh a, a huge difference it's
2: just just a and at and that pulls points mm-hmm. you know and because it's more real mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, preparation wise, you definitely prepare. Do, do, do the callers practice those scenarios continuously, probably not that to your point, then that's kind of worth, kind of all the years, your years of experience hunting and uh, killing turkeys, you know, and and actually doing it out in the woods and how you would envision and when you're listening to live turkeys. And by the way, sidebar, uh, you know, don't just listen to me calling here on this podcast or YouTube videos of of, of champion callers. You also got to listen to live, real mm-hmm. live hen turkeys.
0: That's what I mean. That's what all callers are striving to sound like is yes. a live turkey. Yes, not so another competition. Don't
2: caller. ever lose sight of um, of putting realism in your call and listening to real live turkeys. I mean, uh, it would be uh, cluck and purr would be a great example. Turkeys cluck and purr continuously. Hens just almost like on a low volume, we almost don't hear it, are constantly clucking and purring. But to put it, to, you know, to, to have it in not good turkey rhythm, if you don't listen to real turkeys, listen to recordings, listen to YouTube videos, there's all kinds of digital media and uh, t- TV shows and everything else that have good live real turkeys mm-hmm. calling. But the difference would be if you cluck and purr, you can do a cluck and purr like... That's okay, but if you listen to live turkeys, here's how live turkeys do it.
0: See the difference? They put the little whine, the little... Yeah,
2: all that that little stuff, and and, and that's, that's adding that realism to it that listening to live turkeys will bring into your call. Mm-hmm. And bring and and that and these top callers, these grand national champion callers, these world champion callers, that's what they study. That, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're into. I mean, it's like a golfer. And a golfer becomes good because he plays golf every day of his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, 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 a Tiger Woods or a, a Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka or yeah. a Phil Mickelson or any of your top golfers uh, in in the world, uh, I have no doubt they're hitting golf. Balls on Christmas Day morning. I <laughs> yeah. have no doubt that they hit the mm-hmm. range that they're doing, or they're working with their swing coach, or they're hitting somewhere in 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 a in a, a controlled environment where they, you know, where they practice on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So, 365 days a year, they're swinging a golf club. Mm-hmm. You swing a golf club two or three times a year. You're not going to play like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, turkey calling the same way. If you practice, build calls. Your work at it, study it, study competition, study live turkeys, and stay up on it. Um, you're just gonna get nothing
0: but better and better. Yeah, so. well, I tell you, I tell you what, buddy. I mean, for if you if you think you know how to call turkeys, just back this podcast up and listen to that's how you call turkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been fortunate enough the past couple of days to be in the woods with Steve. We're gonna go again tomorrow. If we get in bed, it's already almost midnight. It's eleven o'clock, but. Um, when when you sit beside somebody like this, and yeah, I called a little yesterday when he was putting a sneak on that turkey, is to keep him gobbling. But to listen to a turkey, somebody that you know can run a call like that, it's it'll make the hair stand up on your back of the neck, especially sitting in a little you know three hundred square foot uh, cabin on the lake out here, and it, it, he knows turkey and, and 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 Steve, you've been how long have you been competition now, Steve? 20
2: Uh, no longer uh I started my first I what Oh
0: competed. yeah that's right Steve brought it over on the arc 79 <laughs> 1979 <laughs> 1970 like, a while ago 1979 yeah. that's right Steve's been competition calling 43 Yes 43, 43 years.
2: years Yes sir
1: He knew he was doing it before he knew he was going to do it Yeah yes.
2: I, I i definitely have been blessed I, and we talked on uh part one go back and listen to part one if you haven't listened yes, to part one uh because what. i cover uh we go over the history of turkey mm-hmm. calling um mm-hmm. and i've been blessed to be able to see that and then of course join forces with mark and terry drury and you know what they've done with that company drury outdoors and i think you know is set the standard in the industry in my opinion mm-hmm. Um, I'll brag a little bit. I helped the the early years with it and then joined back forces, back with them, joined forces back um, three years ago now. and just happy to be back with the trendsetter of the industry, in my opinion. So Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. all that, not, not, you know, I've just been blessed, Um, but I got something for you. Um, I use a Woodhaven real hen cherry, real hen cherry. And uh, I brought that box call for Josh Mm -hmm oh uh, my gosh if he hunts with me tomorrow i might sign it
0: for him well let me tell you let me let let me tell you something i did not know this was coming to all the listeners and i almost asked you today i looked and saw a real hint on top of it what kind of box call that was because i loved the sound of that box calling to get this that this means a lot dude i mean this (laughs) really really is that's awesome absolutely that's all and thank you very very much yes thank you very much that's awesome
1: well and you know i was thinking about their i wasn't i've not been able to go out with them but i was thinking about their hunts and i really really wanted um steve to be successful and i think it's been a good um mary of situations here of you know Josh knows this area I mean I I've hunted with Josh around here and Josh knows the land around here and he knows where the birds are but to just know where the birds are is not enough so you take somebody out where they know where the birds are and then you have Steve somebody like Steve go out with somebody who knows where the birds are and knows the land and it's just a recipe for success. Yeah. And so um, I knew it was going to happen. I was kind of shocked it didn't happen yesterday. But I heard the story. And so it made sense to me. Today, when Josh told me um, how things went, I, I was super excited and I was happy. But there wasn't a bit of me that was surprised because I had 100% faith and josh that he knew the land and where they were going and i had a hundred i had all the faith in the world and steve obviously how could you not yeah well i told that, steve
0: that i said man you don't know how much pressure that was off my back oh today. yeah when you killed that turkey i and, told him on video i said man i said i have since you pulled into camp i said i've had stress on myself to make sure you got a bird and and we didn't hit it real, real hard yesterday, but we had that one bird, and I had other things come up, and I had to, uh, I had to basically go do. But today I was. I was basically, as they say, I was hell bent on getting him a turkey. And
1: y'all, today. that goes to prove that we don't make any money doing this podcast. Or Josh wouldn't have had to work these days <laughs> well, I, while I, Steve was here. If it would have been so, a, if it
0: would have been a typical spring where turkeys were gobbling their heads off, I would have told Steve, I said, "Come down, we're gonna, we're gonna kill a bunch of turkeys." Gosh, it's been, it's, it's been, been was, tough. It's
1: been stressful. And even knowing Steve was coming, it was stressful. Even though knowing his like incredible abilities it's been such a quiet turkey season it's mm-hmm. been really tough and um that's
0: for the next podcast we're going to talk, actually yeah, episode 51 we're going to have a wrap we'll up talk of about how tough it is but yep.
1: i'm i'm so happy even though i wasn't there i'm ecstatic yeah that yep. it ended up the way it did. And like I said, I can't be too surprised. I wasn't actually surprised at all.
2: Well Leslie, you can be there when we get this hunt edited and up on your YouTube channel. Woohoo. You'll you'll be right there with it.
0: Yep. That's awesome. Hey, hey Steve, we really, really, really wanna thank you for uh coming on for part two of this podcast. And dude, we have had a I've had a ball here. We and hopefully tomorrow we'll um, if Lord willing, everything works out right, maybe you'll be taking uh, two empty or two field tags Sheesh. back to Missouri, William. If not, we've still had a heck of a hunt. You know what? Uh, I always say good friends
2: and you, the, the friends you make in this industry, and, and especially turkey hunting and uh, the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention, the National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, of course, I'm with Woodhaven Custom Calls and Mossy Oak and Drury Outdoors. Uh, I mean, that's what it's all about. It, mm-hmm. And, 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 and whether we get a turkey tomorrow morning or not, whether I even got one on this trip, which thank, thankfully I did, mm-hmm. but it's just icing on the cake to me. It's yeah. the yeah. friendship. It's the going out to dinner like we have and, yeah. and, 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 uh, seeing new areas in this area of Tennessee is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, this lake I'm staying on is beautiful. It's breathtaking. Um, you know, you can't beat it. I mean, well, we well, a dream. Yeah. A well,
0: dream. well, Hey, we're going to do it again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you come down next year, we're going to hopefully have a lot louder birds. They're going to, you know, they're not going to be on the same diet. Well, I tell year, you, last
1: year you would have, oh, man. Turkeys like, are. They were so hot last year. It yeah, was they were hot last year. And to and it, but I, like I said, I'm a novice. So like, I don't have like 20 years of it to sure. like compare. But like, to me, this has been a, a different season. Yeah. And I've learned a lot from it because of it.
2: And you got a turkey. So and you, you killed a turkey in a tough season. I did. So that means Leslie's gonna really pound him when it when it gets well. I better. can
1: tell when. you when they have a hen and when they don't. I've learned that. <laughs> well, I have learned that.
0: Well, I thank you so you. much for having me. Thank you, Steve. Hey, and everybody, thank you for listening to part two of Steve Stoltz, uh, I, basically how to call a turkey and and what to do when the when the when the turkeys are quiet and. And the hunting gets tough. And so from all of us here at the Wing Addiction, from Leslie and I, and from Steve Stoltz, we want to thank you all for listening. God bless everyone. And we will see you next week on episode 50, which will have Travis Frank with the Flush. Everybody knows Travis Frank. If you watch the Flush TV show, it's uh, it's an amazing show. But anyways, until next time, everybody have a good week. God bless.